Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, there is a lot that can be said about how God has us address him in prayer. How we address someone says a lot about the relationship that we have with them. For example, if we were in the office of the President of the United States, one of us would not address him as Donald or Don or Dad. We would address him in formal terms of Mr. President because that is who he is. Yet I would imagine that the President's children still call him Dad. That is the nature of the relationship that they have with him. President Trump's children know him in a different way than you and I do. They were born into his family. They sit at his table. And more than this, they came from his own body. His hand fed them as they were growing up, and they trusted in him for their food and their shelter. We do not have that type of relationship with the president. So if we were to talk with him, we would never dream of calling him Don, Dad, or anything like that. We would call him Mr. President. And this is a good thing. It's good to do for any of our presidents, whether we voted for them or not. It promotes good order and respect, respect for the authority that God himself has established on this earth. But when you think about this, It just shows you even more that there is a lot that can be said about the way that God has us address him in prayer. God created the heavens and the earth and all that is in them. He is bigger than the universe, and yet in him we live and move and have our being. Think for a moment about the planets orbiting our sun. Think of our galaxy, the Milky Way. And think of the farthest star away that we have identified. God created all of it. His reach is beyond the farthest star. And now, zoom all the way back in. And you can take a deep breath. God is even closer than that breath that you breathe into your lungs. God is closer to you than that breath of air. In fact, he created the air that you breathe and the lungs that receive that air. And this same God tells you to call him Father. And these with these words, he tenderly invites us to believe that we are his true children and that he is our true father, so that with all boldness and confidence we may ask him as dear children ask their dear father. The most powerful being in the world, God is your father.
See what kind of love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have become his children. In baptism, in baptism, you were birthed into that family. You sprung from those waters as a new creation. You were once an object of wrath. You became an object of love and adoration. And because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into your heart, crying out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave. You are no longer an enemy, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Did you hear that? With the Holy Spirit in you, God is your Abba, Father. That term Abba is like calling him Dad. It's a term that people outside of the family of God would dare not say. They don't understand him that way. But it is a term that we, his children, use. When somebody starts talking to you about how bad God is, and that's why they could never believe in a God like this or that, I challenge you, I was talking with somebody recently, and I challenge you to have them explain that God to you. And then you can tell them, chances are the God that you're describing is not the God that I believe in either. When you pray, you can call God your Father. He himself says, call me Father. And since we are his children, He gives us everything that is his. He has held nothing back. Do you want proof? Look at the cross. In describing the relationship between our heavenly father and we, his children, Jesus tells the parable of the prodigal son. This son had it all because his dad was a very rich and powerful man. The son didn't really pay any attention to his father. He instead wanted only what the father could give him. So he went to his dad and he said, Father, give me the share of the property that is coming to me. And the father divided his property between him and his other brother. And not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and he took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property with reckless living. His brother later reveals he squandered it with prostitutes. He lost it all. He was the child of a powerful man. And he ended up hiring himself out to foreigners, longing for the feed that he fed to the pigs. He no longer felt like a child of a powerful man. He felt like a slave. We are children of God, born of water and the Spirit. 
But sometimes we don't act like it. Sometimes we chased after the things that God created. In other words, we say what the prodigal son says, give me what's mine. And then we run off. We use it to get as far away from him as we can. The things of this world become more important than the God who created them, than the Father who gave them to us. And we end up feeling like we no longer are children of God. When the prodigal son came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. If I can just be his servant, I will go to my father and I'll tell him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. Well, the thing is, he felt unworthy, and the thing is, he was never worthy to be called a son. He was made into a son. It was never something that he earned. In the same way, you may feel unworthy to be called a child of God. Well, you are unworthy, and you never were worthy. God sent Jesus to die for your sins and make you a child of God through faith in him when you were the most unworthy. God went through all of that trouble to be with you, to bring you into his family, not because you deserved it, but because he is love. See what kind of love the Father has given to us? We should be called children of God. Well, the prodigal son decided to come home. But while he was still a long way off, the father saw him, felt compassion, and ran. He didn't sit back and say, well, well, well. Look who finally came to his senses. So you lost it all, and now you need me again. No. You can see him out there with the morning coffee, hoping, and he sees him. He drops the coffee. Astonishment. And he takes off running. And before that sun even is able to make the confession that he was rehearsing, he finds himself in the embrace of his dad. Even before you ever thought to say, almost merciful God, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities, he already ran to you with the open arms of his son, Jesus. And he said, this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to celebrate. No matter where he was, even though he was out with prostitutes with the father's money, the father was glad that the son was back. 
that he was safe once again. God is our Father, and we have everything. And yet sometimes we still go astray. We break his commandments, and we are ashamed when we realize we don't have all we need. We feel like he would never want us back. That could not be further from the truth. He is watching and waiting for us with longing eyes. Remember, he's closer than the very air you breathe. He is waiting for those words to spring from our lips once again. When we turn and say, our Father. The Father loves to hear his children call upon him. Through faith in Jesus, we do just that. And we call upon him by his name. And our Father throws the cloak of Christ back on us once again. That cloak that we received in our baptism when he put Christ on us. And he invites us to his table And all of heaven celebrates, for we who were lost are found once again. There is a lot that can be said about how God has us address him in prayer. But the main thing that it says, I love you. He loves us no matter where we have been. No matter where we have strayed, he bids us come home. Abide, that means stay, stay home. And we come to him through Jesus, whom is the way and the truth and the life. And we come home saying, our Father, who art in heaven. We rise uh, together as we sing, uh, we'll sing the Magnificat. Uh, We'll sing the canticle on page 231. And this speaks of the one who made it all possible, Mary's son. And this is the song of Mary.